It's Wednesday, July 15th. I'm Stephen Fee, and this is The Pen Pod, a limited-run podcast from Pen America. On today's edition, setting the table for a new dialogue in Hollywood. We bring you a roundtable discussion with leading Black screenwriters about how to dismantle systemic anti-Black racism in the entertainment industry. Bianca Sams, Michelle Amore, and Hilliard Guess discuss their open letter demanding real change and real action in Hollywood. I'm Stephen Fee. All that coming up on the Pen Pod. Earlier this summer, a group of Black professional screenwriters wrote an open letter to the entertainment industry. They wrote, We are grieving, we are angry, and we are unapologetically demanding systemic change. The letter was signed by the co chairs and vice chair of the Writers Guild of America West Committee of Black Writers. The letter lays out a pointed critique of the entertainment industry and a demand for a revolutionary change in how Hollywood does business. I'm joined now by the letter's authors, Michelle Moore, Hilliard Guest, and Bianca Sams. Welcome all of you to the Pen Pod. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hi. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. Indeed. Um, Michelle, I want to start with you. Um, For those outside of the business, what is the Guild's role in Hollywood and particularly the role of the Committee of Black Writers? Okay. Well, first of all, the Writers Guild of America West, it's a labor union and it's comprised of thousands of writers who write your favorite television show, your favorite movie, uh, perhaps maybe your favorite, um, you know, uh, documentary or animation, whatever you would turn on a device and watch, <laughs> somebody wrote that and are you mm-hmm. those people. Um, and basically as a labor union, our job is to protect the writer and make sure that the writer has the best uh, negotiation when it comes to contracts with studios, uh, production companies, um, so that we're paid. That's pretty much what what they do, as well as they also uh, provide our pension and health um, plan, which is you know something that you need as a working uh, person. You know, especially since we don't have universal health care in America, <laughs> so we need uh, right. health insurance. Um, and as far as the committee goes, so there are, uh, there's a equity and inclusion department at the Guild that oversees um, several committees, including the Committee of Black Writers. There's also Latinx Writers Committee. And then there's also the Asian American Writers. There's uh, the Native American Writers, which I think recently changed their name to Indigenous Writers. Um, And so the Committee of Black Writers, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the Committee of Black Writers from the Writers Guild. And we all come together and work towards improving conditions for Black writers. Our mission, it's really simple. Our mission is to empower, increase visibility, and create career and networking opportunities for Black writers. Um, And these committees are necessary because there's been such discrimination in our industry that it has impacted us to the point where we need additional support and things around helping us to get the money and get the opportunities that are out in the industry. Yeah. I mean, Hilliard, I want to dive more deeply into into what Michelle was just saying, because the letter calls out the sort of historic whiteness of decision making in Hollywood and hiring practice and hiring practices in particular that are exclusionary. You know, what has that historically looked like in Hollywood and how does that need to change? Well, Hollywood is a it's a boys club. And Mm. it's always been a boys club, you know. 
and it's a very white boys club centered around systemic racism. You know, it's pretty simple. Um, and also Hollywood's based on relationships. You know, if all of your relationships are with other white, cis, straight men, you know, then more than likely that's who will be in your rooms. You know, that's who will be in your companies. That's, that's who your friends are. And quite frankly, in the end, that's who you hire, you know, which is why we see 80 something percent of Hollywood is still full of, you know, white men for pretty much to be 100 percent with you. Um, I think it has to change. Um, there's many ways that it could change. I think my favorite way that it could change is something that I know Michelle has been pushing for, you know, six going on seven years now at the Writers Guild is for us to push a Rooney rule, you know, um, which the NFL has, you know. And it would give us all the opportunity to be interviewed. It'll, 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 and, and not only just us writers. I mean, right now we're talking about writers, but we see this in all different departments. You know, from makeup mm-hmm. to hair to, you know, to the to the camera department. You know, your executives. You know, everybody, the agents. You know, it would call for the entire, you know, um, community to have to open up this rule. You know, just imagine, you know, what what the rooms would look like. You know, if if that opened up. You know, as soon as you have more friends of color, your your rooms will be full of people of color too. You know, you hire who you yeah. know. It, it's a truth. It, it just is what it is. It's who you're comfortable with. You know what I mean? And, and I imagine that's something that impacts so many industries. I think what, what I think is interesting about the entertainment industry in particular for someone who's outside of it mm-hmm. is it's so visible. I mean, you know, Bianca, we saw a number of really major players like Hulu, HBO, FX, Netflix. They all issued these solidarity statements, um, you know, saying that they're in line with the greater movement against anti-black racism and, and anti-black violence. You know, how authentic are those statements, do you think? Well, um, I can't speak to how authentic they feel that they are. I mean, I think it was important to to say words out loud. Um, but as Michelle and Hilliard um, and I wrote in the letter, I think at a certain point you have to move past words into action. Um, and it can't just be virtue signaling. It can't be, I'm going to make small, teeny tiny, weird tweaks. Um, and pretend that it um, will actually change the culture or change the system of oppression. Um, as we all know, that never really works. Um, so I would say insofar as since we've sent this letter and since it was published, we have not received, however, a flood of people who have come um, to ask what we need or want to do. Uh, we haven't seen any um, firsthand um major corporations, companies come to us. We have a plenty of, you know, individual showrunners who are people who sometimes create, but often run, I mean, who, as it says, run their own shows, um, looking for staffing um, for small, you know, for their projects, but it's, it's not right now turning into, or so it seems, and maybe it's happening behind the scenes, um, larger, change which i think is necessary and um something that hilliard and i talk about uh and michelle and i talk about particularly michelle pushes a lot is that like there are a lot of people who are maybe trying to make decisions and choices behind the scenes but not asking black writers what they actually need right they're they're deciding for themselves what they think they want to do but it might not be what we actually need so we're hoping that that will that will change and they will come and really be looking for solutions um, because we've been doing the work, particularly Michelle and Hilliard um, for years. So 
we kind of already have a good idea. So it'd be great if they reached out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Michelle, you, you know, I'm, I'm so curious. I mean, it seems like you have clear crystallized demands here. I mean, what, what are they? I mean, in addition to the ones that Hillary referenced and Bianca as well, and, and, you know, uh, how how do you think that we can put more pressure on some of these big companies to actually walk the walk and actually make some of this concrete change? Well, I mean, I feel like we started with a very powerful statement that brought in not only the historical context, but also we were very specific about what we think can be done. Um, and, you know, we talked about forward looking project development and staffing practices, including attracting, developing, mentoring, hiring and retaining the next generations of diverse writers, directors, producers and executives at all levels. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, but at the end of the day, we are not the powers that be. And so one of the things we don't want to do is to do their job. This is their job. They have the resources. They have all of the, um, you know, the the money, the, the the access to the people. They can call in the top experts, and they can actually sit down and say, "Hey, how do we fix this?" There are tons of PhDs in this uh, world uh, that specialize in this area. Quite a few of them are black and other mm -hmm. people of color. So, if they really want to make these changes, like they're saying, um, or at least implying, then they could they can do it themselves. And I agree with Bianca that. You know, it's about sitting down at the table. One of the things uh, we have a big committee, a big committee meeting coming up in August, and one of the things we will be discussing is that table. And I'm, you know, saying it here for the first time, and I, Bianca and, and Hilliard are going to be like, "What?" I, I'm thinking we just need to we need to form the table ourselves and invite them, because ultimately, oh, if we mm -hmm. wait us to the table, we might be waiting, but how about we set the table and then we tell them, hey, you made the statement, we're going to pull the table together and you come to our table and we set the date and the Amen. time and you come and you tell us what you are going to do. I have, I'm calling it, show us the money and your plans for dismantling <laughs> systemic racism in your company. And I, I love I'm it. Gonna, <laughs> so I'm now here today, I guess, you know, shots fired. We're gonna, we're gonna, I mean, AKA show the receipt. Yes. Yeah, right. I feel like our committee, we're in a position where we're saying, listen, at the end of the day, no one works in this town until writers tell the stories that we tell, right? We have to sit our butts in seats. I also teach, so I'm I'm big on, you know, writing the story. And no one should be telling our story but us, period. Um, we have we see deals all the time from, you know, showrunners to, you know, you know, well-known writers and directors that are constantly telling black stories. And we need that to stop. Like we're there are several mm -hmm. things that we're saying, you know, one, we can tell our own stories, you know, pay us to tell our own stories and give us the same mm -hmm. opportunities that everyone else gets. Sometimes, guess what? We're not perfect. We're not gonna, you know, everyone's not gonna win an Oscar, but we have the right to, you know do what everyone else does. It's like, we, we can try some things. Hey, some things will work. Some things won't. But when we're looking at quantity at the end of the day, here's the, here, the, here's some more numbers in 2019, over 700 movies were made. It is a well-known fact that black people, we buy about 22% of movie tickets. How come a hundred of those movies weren't African-American? When you look on the television mm -hmm. side, over 500 new television shows were created in 2019 and black people watch more television than anybody else in America. We watch 50 hours of TV a week, 10 times more than the entire population. Out of 500 new shows, how come over a hundred of them are not African-American created 
uh, developed by centered around blackness. And that's what I'm saying. Like ultimately Hollywood is also failing on a business side because it's like, well, you have the audience. Why not create more content so that then you can maintain and keep this audience that's already, you know, consuming it at such a large amount. And it, it just makes dollars and cents. And you can look at what's interesting. You can look at non-scripted shows um, like on the HDTVs or Food Networks, and they they seem more diverse than, you know, scripted shows. And that's the thing mm-hmm. that's frustrating because ultimately, you know, and it's also why we started our letter saying we are Black Americans. And that's to be very clear. We know who we are. We have every single right as every other person that is a citizen in this nation. And right now we're, we're it's like, we're not playing second fiddle. We're no longer accepting your scraps and all of that. It's like, no, we, everything we have we have earned it. And if we didn't, our ancestors did. And so, you know what? Right. Like enough. Yeah. I, I mean, well, first of all, Michelle, thank you for breaking the news on, on the pen pod. I'm delighted that uh, you're, you're <laughs> making sure that that tale is out there and you're telling our listeners first. I appreciate that. Um, but no, I, I think it's so important for people to understand because I think that when you break it down that way about the, the way that, um, you know, stories that are just being co-opted and told by people who um, maybe shouldn't be telling those stories that, that why aren't we, why aren't we compensating people for the stories that they uh, should be telling? And, you know, we're a free expression organization and, and Hilliard, I want to turn to you last. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what are the things that we can do on the outside? Um, what are the consumer choices we can make or pressure points where we can say to some of these uh, companies that, you know, we won't stand for um, you locking out black voices anymore? Well, I mean, it's, it's already happening. You know, um, a lot of people don't know it, but, you know, most of Twitter is run by black people. <laughs> you know, we're the, <laughs> it's true. We're the ones who make decisions. We're the ones who set these huge hashtags and things that go crazy. So I think that we're, they're starting to see that if they simply have, um, you know, for example, we just saw what happened with, you know, I don't mean to call her out, but, you know, Halle Berry was going to play, you know, this, this, uh, uh, trans person who was a, a, a woman going to mail in this in this possible new project, and of course all of Twitter went in, and a lot of that was Black Twitter, you know, going, "No, girl, don't do it," you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in essence, we are already doing that, you know, we're already telling Hollywood what we want and what what to do and what not to do, and so I think that those things are happening. I think I think Bianca surely has more um, stats that'll help you in that area. <laughs> Uh, so it's it, not my specialty in that sense. I'm more of a, you know, you need to, you need, you need to do stuff type of guy. I just tell you how it is. She gives you facts. So I'll let, I'll let her, if you don't mind, I'll let her answer that question for you. Please. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. Put you on the spot, girl. Um, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I think there's, uh, there's so many different things, um, that we are facing, um, as black writers and also in the industry. And I think if, um, A, I think Hillier's right. We are, as fans and as people who consume, you have a voting power with your money. You can make demands. Uh, they listen. Um, if you want to do something different, we will do something different. And so that's great. But I think on the industry side, there's so many different things that need to be done to really um, have parity for Black writers. I mean, there's a huge problem Mm -hmm. with uh, the gap in earnings, uh, being forced to repeat uh, staff writer level several times. Um, You know, there's a lack of of hiring retention and recruitment. We don't um, 
I always say, if you aren't putting your attention there and you aren't really tracking it, how do you know how good or bad you're doing? Um, you think about right. baseball, how many stats do they have? How much stuff do they track every time? Where a lot of these companies are not tracking any of the things that have to do with diversity or issues that are coming up and things that are systemic and, and really try to get ahead of them before they become major problems. Um, you know, there's also a severe lack in the number of upper level black writers, um, people who are showrunners, people who are co-EP, EPs, people who have overall deals. Um, and for us in our industry, those jobs are where decisions are made. Mm -hmm. And um, if you, you can look at countless different um, surveys and things that have been done, research at like UCLA, Color of Change that show that the people who are higher up and who are in those positions of, uh, to hire, those actually become the most diverse staff and not just all black writers. I mean, we tend to hire everybody. So it means diversity across the board tends to actually go better and not just in the room for writers, for directors, for you know the, the costume, the makeup, things that Hilary was talking about. And, and we really need to also look at like, um, the executives and the people who are greenlighting these projects, because if we bring our stories and, and multi-layered and they stay in stereotypes or we're not allowed to show the breadth of, of our um, abilities and our lives, that too is a problem. And I think as much as America starts to really demand to see themselves in full color, we will all get better stories um, yes. and really be able to push the envelope of what we can and can't do. And I'm really excited about seeing that. And I, and I really hope that both the consumers and the, us who are creating and also people who are with the money um, are also mm -hmm. willing to just take that deep dive and, and look to expand. So we, we have a lot of, I think, institutional stuff that we could be work, working on um, with the overall deals and things like that. But I think also we vote with our money we vote with our time and we vote with our energy and our voices so i'm i'm really hoping that normal people are demanding better so i would love to see it yeah me too me too and i'm just sticking with you bianca a quick lightning round um just what everyone is reading or watching or listening to that's providing some level of understanding or comfort or just good distractions so bianca you first Ooh, good distractions um i just watched Hamilton this weekend, which yeah. I enjoyed like everyone else. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. And then a friend um, turned me on. It's an older show, and I did, but I had never seen it um, on Netflix. It's called Lovesick, and mm. I just yeah. adore it. It was so much fun. Structurally, it's interesting, but it's just it, yeah, it was candy for me this weekend, and I absolutely enjoyed it. Michelle. Well, I finally got around to begin reading Michelle Obama's Becoming. I'm late on it, but I'm enjoying that as far as books, um, as far as shows. I am finishing up season two of Dead to Me um, and will be, I'll be honest, I'm sure I'm going to get some like hate, but yeah, I'm not really interested in Hamilton. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm just not I mean, honestly, like, it's just, yeah, like, yeah okay, whatever. I mean, I get people like it. I have all of the channels. And that's the thing, too. I have so many choices that, you know, it just speaks to, you know, we have choice. Um, but I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to, like, I want to see the season three of Mindhunter on Netflix. Like, I like Ooh, really uh, yeah, twisted things. So, yeah. And Hilliard, please. Well, I'm kind of a podcast head. 
Um, you know, I have my own show and stuff. So, but my favorite, one of my favorite ones is Into America, which I listen to. And I love, um, I love story, like true story stuff, you know? So I'm, I'm just fascinated with worlds. And of course, you know, 1619, I mean, you, you gotta listen to that podcast. It's freaking amazing. You know, so I'll just, I'll, I'll pitch those two, you know, they're just hot. You need to let, if you want to learn and get some game on the world, you know, from black culture, you know, that's, those are the two that I, I, I just love, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for the recommendations. Uh, Michelle Amore, Hilliard Guess, and Bianca Sams of the Writers Guild of America West Committee of Black Writers. Thank you all so, so much for being here. Thank you. Thank awesome. you for having us. Thank you for having us. And that's our episode for Wednesday, July 15th. Join us tomorrow for the Pen Pod. You can listen to all our episodes at pen.org. Follow us at Pen America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sign up on our website for our daily Dare newsletter. That's where we track major stories about literature, free expression, and the news of the world. I'm Stephen Fee for Pen America. This is the Pen Pod. See you tomorrow. <laughs>